Hi there, this is Bill Woods, and I wanted to talk to you today about some of the things that are going on that I think are very, very important. One thing is, it won't be long until Jesus Christ comes to take his church out of the world. If you're ready, you can go with him, and you can be part of the marriage feast of the Lamb while all hell breaks loose here on earth. In looking at current events, where apparently the generation Jesus pointed to saying in Matthew 24, verses 34 and 35, Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. He was referring to his return at the end of time. A key sign of the end times was Israel becoming a nation again, which happened on May 14, 1948. Matthew 24, 34 again says, Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. You know, many people interpret that to mean that the disciples' generation was what he was talking to. Evidently, he was talking about the generation that would see Israel resurrected as a nation, our generation. That's been 75 years ago now that Israel became a nation again. The generation that witnessed it is getting old, so the time he referred to must be coming to very close. Someone will say, well, when? I thought Jesus would come by now. Listen, we can't know the dates when Christ will return, but we can know the seasons. We can know it's getting close. It's like a woman expecting a baby. She doesn't know the exact date the baby will be born, but she can know it's close because of the birth pangs and the strain that her body is experiencing saying the baby is coming. We can sense the birth pangs of the second coming and see the strain our world is experiencing today. People ask, well, do you think we're in the tribulation now? Not yet, because certain prophecies specific to the tribulation haven't happened yet. But I think that we're in a practice mode for the real thing. Jesus said, Matthew 24, 5 through 8, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now, there have been many false claims by people claiming to be Messiah. We certainly hear about wars and rumors of wars. All you have to do is kind of watch the news today and see what's going on in our world. I mean, the Ukraine and Russia over there trying to uh, take over the Ukraine. They invaded, and now we're trying to support the Ukraine and and uh, China and Russia have made a call. All these things say there's wars and rumors of wars going on, and it's pretty scary. 
We hear about famines. We're told about people right here in the United States going to bed hungry and even dying of starvation. And it's predicted, you know, if you've been paying attention to the news, that there is another famine coming. It's going to be a bad famine. And with prices out of range and food shortages and all these things, it's very easy to see how this could take place. Jesus said there would be pestilences. That would be contagious epidemics. Uh, Check out the just-past COVID-19 virus. It's inconceivable how quickly this plague spread and practically brought our nation to its knees. It effectively altered our economy, our social lives, our travel, our educational institutions, our worship, our workforce, our political world, and filled our hospitals and our funeral homes with sick and dying people. There were demonstrations, riots, looting, looting, murders, mass destruction of buildings, historical statues statues being torn down, monuments being... uh, cities being taken over parts of cities like portland oregon seattle we 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 are still trying to recover the black lives matter movement was busily trying to bring in marxism to destroy our freedoms and i want you to know marxism never works and this woke movement that's going on right now that creates so much problem it's not doing any good for our society it does not work We need to recognize the difference between the slogan Black Lives Matter and the movement Black Lives Matter. Let's be clear. All lives matter. Your life, my life, every life uh, has been created matters. There's even talk in some places of civil war or the state seceding from the union if things don't straighten out soon. Who could have imagined the United States could be brought down so quickly? Jesus said there would be earthquakes in populated places. It's interesting when Jesus mentioned the earthquakes that there was only about one per century. Now it's not uncommon to hear about several on the seismograms every every minute. There was a massive earthquake, 7.8 on the Richter scale, uh, called the, uh, they've changed the Richter scale now to the moment magnitude scale. But on February 8th, they had this huge earthquake in Turkey and Syria that killed over 41,000 people. An earthquake is also in Tobelo, Indonesia, and Tajikistan. Don't know if I said that right. The Philippines, Hawaii, Romania, and go on. And this is all in the last month or so. There, there are tsunamis, tornadoes, hurricanes, blizzards, fires, floods, pestilence, which is again disease, and all kinds of natural phenomena happening at a rate like we've never seen before. It's kind of interesting now about global warming and all the freezing uh, nation across the United States, and you wonder what's going on. Look at the violent crime rate, crime rate with rape, murder, massive shootings, and all kinds of terrible things people do to one another. God is warning our world, and we'd better wake up while there's still time to repent. 
Our society has gone nuts. People no longer know if they're uh, male or female. They're, they're into all kinds of things that is just so hard to understand. And, and it just says that there's something way out of line with our world. In fact, the world has become so bad or, or worse than the world that Noah lived in, the world that God had to destroy with a flood. We abort babies for our convenience. They said at least 250 million babies so far have been aborted, according to the pharmacists for Life Organization. We celebrate gay marriage, cohabitation, and pornography, and we flaunt every indecency we possibly can. And then we wonder why God is going to rain judgment upon our land. He will not put up with this behavior forever. I'm not trying to scare you or put you into a fit of depression. I simply want to recognize where we are as a nation and remind you that Jesus Christ is the answer for everything that is going on. God is not taken by surprise at anything that's happening today. He is still in charge. And one day soon he will call a halt to the evil and judge the world and everyone who has rejected his love and patience. Then it will be too late to repent. I think now is the time to repent. Christians need to pray and become more aggressive in spreading the message of salvation. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I am so excited as I see the Asbury Revival that started on February 8th and ran for 15 days and people were coming in from all over the place, all over the United States, all from other countries. It's been picked up in many colleges and universities. God is doing something special. He's getting us ready for the final harvest. And I praise God that we see this happening now. It's not all just horrible things. It's things that God is saying, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. I believe God will soon pour his wrath out on the sinful world that has rejected him. But we still haven't experienced what is prophesied that is going to usher in the great tribulation. Christians haven't been raptured yet. Uh, you know, and, and when we look at the things that the Bible says, there, there is the church history being portrayed in the first three chapters of Revelation. Then between Revelation chapter 3 and chapter 4, it says that it, there was a door open in heaven and John was told to come on up. John addresses the letters, like I said, of the seven churches in Asia Minor, which also is believed to prophetically correspond or represent the periods of church history from that time until now. The text then changes from church terminology to Jewish terminology, leaving the impression that the church is no longer on the scene. In fact, John represents Christians at this time, and he is, like I said, invited to go through an open door into heaven, and then all hell breaks out here on earth. Revelation 4.1 
After these things, I looked up, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. You know, there there's also the subject of things that are missing. The guillotines haven't been put into use yet. Revelation 20, verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, and, and who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark, on their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. We haven't seen the two witnesses that are supposed to that are supposed to appear yet. Revelation eleven verses three through twelve says, "And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy one thousand two hundred and sixty days, clothed in sackcloth." These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which would be Jerusalem, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where our, also our Lord was crucified, then those from the pe people's tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, making merry and sending gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Now after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them, and they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. Now these two witnesses will come for the first three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation. One will probably be Elijah, the other could be Moses, judging from the style miracles that they will perform. They will be an irritant to the Antichrist and to the world in general. They haven't yet arrived, which is further proof that we're not in the tribulation. Right now, Satan is doing everything he can to frustrate God's plan for mankind and to damn souls to hell, but the Holy Spirit is restraining him. Satan can only do today what God will allow him to do. We read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11, and now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. 
and then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all powers, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. See, during the tribulation, Satan will no longer be restrained. He'll have free reign. The world will be more evil than it's ever been before. And that happens because what has restrained him is the Holy Spirit and the church. And, uh, and they, we will be at the rapture, or have been raptured out, will be at the marriage feast of the Lamb. So Satan will have full control. That brings me to the dress rehearsal that we're witnessing for the coming tribulation. Satan is testing ways to see how he can quickly gain control of the world. Satan is practicing to learn how to control and manage the world for those seven years when he and his minions will have full control of humanity. This COVID-19 pandemic, also called the coronavirus, revealed many things that Satan needed to know about taking control of the world. First, he found out he must make an irrational panic. That way, people will blindly follow him. Panic will motivate people to sacrifice their rights and freedoms to gain a false sense of security and safety. Because of the panic we felt, I mean, churches, businesses, restaurants, practically everything was closed. Imagine Satan's glee and seeing churches and group worship of God shut down. Then there's isolation. He caused people to fear any contact with each other that led to depression and loneliness, which for many people became overwhelming. Demons filled their minds with all sorts of depraved thoughts under these isolated conditions. It's said an idle mind is the devil's playground, and it certainly worked out that way for that time. There was the ruined economy. Satan knew he needed to do that. When people lose their financial support system, they become vulnerable to control. That is, that is when the devil wants to usher in the mark of the beast. It's been questioned how the mark of the beast could be implemented and enforced on the whole world. Well, listen to Revelation chapter 13, verses 14 through 18. And by the signs that is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived and was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Also, it causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is a number of man, and that number is 666. You know, I, I heard a, a 
tape or a, a presentation from some theological quote-unquote professor that was in a college back in Arkansas that told people, he said, well, I wouldn't be afraid of the mark of the beast because he said, I would want to be able to buy and sell and get groceries and stuff. He said, in fact, because I don't see any consequence there, I, I would probably be the first in line so I could feed my family properly. Well, the man was a fool. All he has to do is read the next chapter in Revelation, and there it says that anybody who takes the mark of the beast will be damned to hell forever, and there is no remedy about it. You've got to realize that we've got to live in such a way where we will not be vulnerable to anything that Satan wants to do to mess us up. Recently, it was announced there's a shortage of coins in the United States, and Many businesses are no longer going to use coins to give change. The price of an item will be rounded to the nearest whole number. At Burger King a while back, I paid $4 for what usually would cost me $4.26. They didn't want to give me the $0.26 cents back. If the price had been $4.59, I would have had to pay $5.00. There is talk of doing away with $1 bills and $5 bills. People are expected to use debit or credit cards for their, their uh, transactions. This way, they can be traced regarding their spending. The next thing, the next step, I think, will be a chip that will be, you know, in fact, there's already chips in your, your cards, uh, but... Uh, well, check your debit or credit card and see that there is a chip there. Then, because you may lose your card, you need a chip in your skin. Ultimately, you know, we are supposed to have digital money, which can be monitored electronically. And if I have a chip in my skin, in my wrist or my forehead, it won't be anything at all for them to find out if I have funds or if I'm eligible to buy or sell. Eventually, nothing will be bought or sold without permission of who runs the economy. Your money can be shut off if you cross the system. Along with these controls, currently Bill Gates and the World Health Organization, led by Klaus Schwab and a bunch of other millionaires, billionaires, uh, the associates are recommending for everybody in the entire world to be vaccinated for COVID-19 or the next planned pandemic that's coming and be given a pin or a mark or a certificate showing they complied with the law and were vaccinated. Without this proof, they'll not be allowed to leave home to travel in the nation or to buy or sell. Interstate travel will be halted for the most part. Again, you know, we look at the signs. We see the Pope trying to, to form a one-world uh, religion, and we know how he's been working on that for a long time and how they've had meetings organizing last November. We see because our president is, has made people, uh, has made Russia mad, and now China and Russia are making a coalition, and they're going to have the biggest uh, uh, most well-equipped army in the world and all that. And we're in real trouble there. Read Ezekiel 38 and 39 to find out about that. In fact, 
I soon will give you uh, information on the alignment of nations and the end times and show you that each nation is now on, on the right side for this final war that's coming. And if it's not there yet, if something happened, it soon would be. Wow, I'll tell you, all this sounds very scary and very familiar. This generation is the first generation that could see that kind of controls enforced worldwide because of today's scientific advancements. I mean, think about when the Bible says that the two witnesses, when they die in Israel, that in Jerusalem, that, that the world will know and rejoice. This is the first generation that's had the opportunity to make these things happen where you can know in seconds about events that are happening across the world. This pandemic uh, dress rehearsal warns us that I, I don't want to miss the rapture when Christ comes for his saints. I don't want to be uh, miss out on God's plan for me should I die before he comes. The tribulation is going to be horrible, but hell will be worse than the tribulation, and it will last forever. You know, you'd be wise to get your heart ready to meet Jesus Christ. For those left behind and forced to face the tribulation, this little coronavirus episode is nothing. The real tribulation will be more than terrifying for those who refuse to accept the mark. They won't have the privilege we have today of calling on God to forgive their sins and accept Him as their Lord and Savior. I've heard people say, well, I just re will reject Satan and I'll, I'll live for Jesus then. Really? If you can't commit to Him now, why do you think you would have the courage to serve Jesus then when the persecution will be so much more drastic? You know what to do for your own good. Do it. Accept Christ. Repent. Ask Him to be your Savior. Begin to live for Him. The only opportunity to gain heaven during the tribulation will be to resist Antichrist, refuse his mark, and face persecution and decapitation. God's grace is offered to you today, but his grace will run out and it will take sheer grit with no witness of the Holy Spirit to assure you that you're right with God. Listen to Christ's warning. Then you'll be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Jesus gave us good advice in 2 Corinthians 6 2, for he said, In an escapable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Meanwhile, remember, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1 9. And my plea to you today is please get your heart right with Jesus. Please don't get left behind. Please don't, if you don't live till the, the rapture, please don't die and go to hell. We don't want that to happen. Please plan to join Jesus Christ, his church, and me in heaven as we're around the throne of grace. 
Dear Jesus, I pray that you'll help us to be serious for you, that we will understand that you have invited us to become part of your kingdom, and you will take us through every situation we have to face, and we will one day be with you in glory if we accept you now. Please, God, help us to find you as our personal Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to get in touch with me, it's the email is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. My mailing address is box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. My phone number, if you wanted to call, 623-845-2741. I'm sorry.